Welcome to Caregiver Crossing, a podcast to embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. And now, here's your host, Tina McIntosh, along with Sarah Shetty. Hey, everybody. It is Tina McIntosh and Sarah Shetty. Uh, you're listening to Caregiver Crossing, the podcast uh, brought to us by our good friends at American Senior Communities, AARP. Bethany Village and Severns and Howard. We're so grateful for all of you. Uh, there's a good chance you're going to hear a piano in the background at some point because the guests are listening to music. Yeah, one of our wonderful volunteers is here. It's very yeah. lively. So we're not going to apologize for that because it's a beautiful thing to have people come in and um, join us at our adult day program. So we're going to shift things up a little bit today. Sarah is in the driver's seat. Um, she is going to be interviewing our guest for the day. Do you want to introduce our guest? I love our guest today, one of my favorite people, and it is the one and only Tina McIntosh. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> it's you. Yes, I'm going to take over driving and give you a break from the wheel. Perfect. Um, but yeah, it's going to be um, kind of, you know, I don't, it reminds me of those sitcoms when it's like the special episode. <laughs> right. Things get serious. Things get serious. But this is, this is kind of a special episode of our Caregiver Crossing podcast. Um, Tina has some life stuff going on, don't you? I do. And for anybody who listened to Caregiver Crossing when we were a radio show for seven years, um, so many of you followed on a lot of my personal journeys, not just my chickens. We're not talking about chickens today. Or your goats. Or my goats. <laughs> or any of the other four-legged animals around, but um, followed my health journey. And so seven years ago, I was diagnosed with breast cancer. It was, um, I had a double mastectomy immediately. I had, uh, forgive me if you offend, but I had large enough breasts at the time that it was skin sparing. So I just did, I, I say I went to sleep for the surgery with what God gave me. And I woke up with something that was, no offense to God, really awesome <laughs> and no cancer. So it was great. It was a quick treatment, you know, in the scheme of things and it was done. Um, personally, just so I get it all out there too, a year and a half after that, my husband had kidney cancer, was uh, went into surgery. They removed a volleyball sized tumor from his kidney, a kidney and a, adrenal glands and blah, blah, blah. Thought we were in the clear. thought it was weird. We were both like 40 years old when all this happened. Um, fast forward three years ago, he was diagnosed with chronic myeloid leukemia. So that's a lifelong um, leukemia. He takes a medication called Gleevec for that. It's a daily chemo med and um, keeps him here and doing well. And then we launched into our critical fundraising campaign at Joy's house. Mm -hmm. And about a week and a half after that, um, I found a lump and was diagnosed pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Yeah. Yeah. And I know that, you know, there was a lot of, I mean, obviously a lot of things were going on with the campaign and coming up on the birthday party yeah. and yeah. <laughs> just a few things and just coming off of a really um, a year with a lot of moving parts here at Joy's house that led to the campaign with a lot of restructuring and changes going on. Um, so I, I think, you know, God must have said, well, she's a strong woman. Well, I don't want to call him crazy, but... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's um, it's been a big year. I remember at the top of the year here at Joy's House saying, if we're going to make any changes, this is the year. We're turning 20. It's a big year. Right. And now I'm like, what in the world was I thinking? Like, right. really? This is way more than what we had in mind. Sure. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, the diagnosis was, it, it, you know, it was a curveball for sure. 
Yeah. So how, how what was that time frame? Or I guess how how you said it was pretty quickly the diagnosis between it was. discovering the the lump and then the diagnosis. Yeah. So here's what I would say a little off that path, but be an advocate for your body. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's you individually or it's someone that you love, like advocate for them if they can't advocate for themselves. Right. Um, I I was in the shower and um, was rinsing off. I guess. I mean. Mm-hmm. You know, I, and I, I don't do breast checks because I have fake boobs. I mean, mm-hmm. there's really nothing there. So I didn't think ever think to do that. This cancer, by the way, is a totally different strand of breast cancer than I had the first time, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But um, I was in the shower. I was rinsing off, ran my hand against, you know, my left breast. And my husband was at the sink. And I said, I just found a lump. Mm-hmm. And he's like, what? And I said, I found a lump. I go, it's okay. I'll call my oncologist tomorrow. And then I got out of the shower and found a bruise the size of the palm of your hand um, on the side of my breast. And I was like, nope, not messing around, not mm-hmm. a lump and a bruise. Well, fast forward through everything, come to find out the bruise was just a bruise. You'd think you'd remember getting punched <laughs> in the side of the boob or pinching it, but <laughs> I don't. Um, well, kids, and then all those four-legged animals. Right? And you have a um, Phoebe who oh, headbutts. I'm surprised. She probably did. (laughs) I blame Phoebe for everything. Phoebe's our boxer. We've got three dogs and Phoebe is crazy. She's a a little, Mm. she has energy. Everybody keeps telling me she's a puppy. I'm like, oh, boxers are puppies forever. They are. Anyway, I blame Phoebe too. Good point. (laughs) Um, But yeah, so they just thought it was an infection, like an infectious cyst in between layers of skin that were left on my breast and that it was just an infection sitting on my implants. Mm -hmm. And so I had to go see a plastic surgeon and see some other folks. And then finally my oncologist said, let's get it checked out. And I um, did an ultrasound guided biopsy, which I got to watch on the screen, which was so cool to watch. Um, and then the results came back the next week. So it was, it was quite, I mean, matter of maybe three weeks. Okay. Yeah. I think I started communicating. It doesn't matter. I think three weeks is fair. Yeah. Do you think that you were, I mean, do you, have you, since your first journey with breast cancer, been to the doctor more than, say, somebody who hasn't gone through that journey? Well, for my scheduled visits, yes. Okay. Um, I've not been a paranoid person about it, mm-hmm. which, you know, I think a lot of us who are survivors of anything, mm-hmm. we're paranoid, right? Right. Um, if you've had a problem with your appendix, you probably freak out every time you get a sharp pain. I mean, sure. So, um I never thought I freaked out. I will say when I go to the doctor's office, my blood pressure goes up a little bit typically, which is just my body internalizing the stress instead of me outwardly freaking out, you know, mm-hmm. um, which I've outwardly freaked out before in my life. So I know <laughs> what it feels like. Um, but no, not really. And I never thought I would see cancer again, personally. Mm-hmm. Right. I thought my husband's, you know, the third diagnosis between the two of us was it. Like I thought, okay, that's our sweet spot. We, you know, we're good. Right. This has, I think, rattled uh, a lot of people. One, because it's a second diagnosis of breast cancer and that's weird. Mm-hmm. So people who I know, women especially who have had breast cancer are now kind of looking at themselves saying, oh my gosh, like I thought I was clear forever and now maybe I'm not. Um, friends and family, I'm so like apologetic toward them because I feel like I was just telling a friend this morning, she said, what is it that you need? And I said, just prayers, you know, prayer. And she was like, Tina, come on, what else? And I said, I just feel stupid. And and hear me out on this. 
stupid's not the right word. I feel a certain way because here at Joy's House, as a not-for-profit, we ask, right? We ask for financial donations. We ask for in-kind donations. We ask for people to volunteer. I mean, now we give a whole heck of a lot. Oh, sure. Every day. But we ask a lot. Sure. And so people have been doing that in my life for 20 years, personally. And then with our health stuff, and before that, Jeff and I had three, we have three beautiful, healthy children, but we had three problematic pregnancies too. One miscarriage, a tubal, and um, another one that required some attention. And so, you know, I feel like, goodness gracious, we've had so many medical things since we started trying to procreate. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then now with all these cancers and I just feel like if I were people, I'd be tired of us. And we didn't even really tell people about his leukemia because there's nothing anybody could do. It's not a fight. You know what I mean? There's, there's a ribbon for it, but there's not a walk for it in the same way. I mean, we just were like, "Mm, he'll live with it forever and hopefully die of something else. Um, but this is going to be outward. I mean, there's no way I could hide it if I wanted to. And I'm not a hiding kind of a person, right? but I'd be sick of us. And it's, I've said before, and I'll say it again, like, I feel like it's got to be kind of hard to love us. And I don't blame people who have to shy away. I think many of us would disagree with that, but I understand. Yeah. You know, I mean, stick around for another 20 years. I'll exhaust you. (laughs) (laughs) I'll take you for everything you got, sister. And I think, um, you know, you've been, you know, kind of publicly journaling about this too. And I I remember when I first, you know, looked at that journal, your intro to it said something like, um, it's a blessing to be so loved, but it's exhausting Yes, too. And I was, I had never thought of it that way, but when you are going, you know, and, and constantly getting hit with, what can I do? What do you need? What can I do? What do you need? It can be exhausting, but you, you feel like a monster for saying, I'm exhausted by that because you're so blessed by it. Right. You know, it just means you have people in your corner, a ton of people. Well, and, and it's, it is a blessing for me. Publicly journaling though is how I communicate that with all those people who I'm so blessed to love and be loved by me because I can't do the conversation. If everybody knows you've got a doctor's appointment on a Wednesday and your phone's blowing up all afternoon, right? I just can't do that and give every person the attention and the care and the love that I want in return. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the biggest lessons I learned, and I know we're probably pushing time here, but, um, and I'd be happy to, I'd be happy to come back to your podcast oh, and yeah. tell you more. I would love that. <laughs> You've been a um, wonderful guest. <laughs> thanks for having me. Um, but one of the things that I really learned in my first journey was I, I always say it's like a looking at a pie and the pie has pieces cut, right? And there are lots of emotions in that pie. So there's happiness and there's anger and there's love and there's hopelessness and there's exhaustion and you know you go on and on, right? What I learned very quickly with my first diagnosis was that when I saw people, particularly for the first time since they saw me since the diagnosis, they had taken out the pie piece that said sad, you know, or fear. I wasn't necessarily, I wasn't necessarily eating the same pie piece, you know? Right. So I, I, the way I explained it was, I am sad. I am fearful. I am also all of these other emotions and things. And so if I happen to have been taken out the piece that says happiness, because we're sitting on the front porch and I, at the time my kids were nine, seven, and three, mm-hmm. watching my young children play in the cul-de-sac and having fun with their friends and laughing I can't meet you in sadness. Mm -hmm. Like 
you can tilt your head when you see me and talk a little bit softer and kind of draw your face down. And I can see the sadness, right? When you mm-hmm. look at me, but just because I'm happy at that moment doesn't mean I'm in denial about being sad or fearful. It just means that I'm happy at that moment. Right. I promise I'll fall apart another time. Um, but I couldn't meet people there because if I did, I would be living in sadness all the time. Right. And I think that's the way for you know anybody who, if you've stuck it out in this podcast and you're still here, you know, <laughs> particularly if you're a caregiver, um, you get it. Like you can't live in sadness all of the time. Right. So just be where you are and take that emotion in fully and then let it go because something else needs to come around, whether it's good or bad. Um, but that's that I got from um, Tuesdays with Maury. Had you ever read oh, that book? Oh yeah. Lot, years ago. Yeah. Such yeah. a great book. A quick read. If you, if you haven't read it, I highly recommend it. Yeah. So I know we, we need to go. It, we've been okay. here. We've been here too long. <laughs> well, Tina, we love you. Thanks. And Thank you. I know that's exhausting, but we love you. I'll lots take and it. lots of love. <laughs> and um, I know that you're a praying person and would appreciate all the prayers. Yep. Um, so if you are listening and are a praying person, join us in praying for Tina and her family and this next um, journey. I mean, if you'd rather get out a smudge stick or do some kind of sure. a dance or draw a picture, you do that too. Send the vibes, um, send the mojo. That's right. And, uh, you know, we'll, the rest of us can do the talking to God, but I'll take what you got because, you know, it all does make a difference. So yeah, uh, appreciate you. Appreciate you. All right. Thanks, guys. Um, this has been Caregiver Crossing, the podcast, and we hope to see you next week. Take care. You've been listening to Caregiver Crossing a podcast to embrace family caregivers of today and tomorrow. If you would like to learn more about Joy's House, visit joyshouse.org. And for social media, you can like us on Facebook at Caregiver Crossing.